Support for this podcast comes from Candidate Hub. It's no secret that companies are struggling in this market to find top quality candidates. However, most organisations have thousands of potential candidates in their applicant tracking system. Candidate Hub's data-driven engagement platform allows you to revive that data from your ATS and see which of those candidates are still interested in your company, track their engagement, and then score them. So you know when it's the best time to start that conversation. Decrease your time to shortlist candidates by as much as 40%, double your recruiter's productivity with real-time data through Candidate Hub. What great ideas are so close within your grasp? Seeing other points of view, anticipating change, considering multiple possible turnouts, acknowledging uncertainty, searching for compromise. We're going to talk about how to get over those limiters of innovation so that you can extract better thinking from yourself and your team. So let's talk about how to win the future. Welcome to the Marketing Rules podcast from Thinking Circles. With me, your host, James Whitelock. Sales and marketing. Sales ampersand marketing. There is a difference. The first is two different departments, and the second is both functions working together. Joining me this week is Mike Ames from Flare Growth Consultants. Mike discusses how to align your recruiters and your marketing, and how to convince them of the value of marketing. Welcome back, everybody, to the Marketing Rules Podcast, and it is my pleasure to uh, have Mike Ames from Flair with me. Now, I think, Mike, probably a lot of our kind of listeners uh, will probably know who you are uh, because you've got a pretty good kind of personal brand and a pretty good profile. But for those who don't uh, kind of I haven't kind of come across you before, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and a little bit about kind of Flair and the kind of work that you do there? Okay, uh, thank you, James, and uh, delighted to be here uh, with you talking about a very interesting subject today, actually. Um, okay, so I am best described as a scalability consultant. So I help people scale their business. There's this myth that all you need to do to scale a recruitment business is add more staff, get more clients, get more vacancies, fill them, repeat. And if you do that, what will happen is your business will implode and you'll eventually become what they call a yo-yo company and recruitment is full of them. Mm -hmm. You need to create a really solid foundation. And what I do is help people to do that using our seven pillars methodology, which some of you might have heard about. At the moment, we're in the process of um, putting more of our content online so that people can access the sort of stuff that we normally do as a coach or consultant and people pay us for like live, we're going to stick that for two thirds of the way through now, sticking that online so people can access it whenever they want. So I'm very yeah. excited about that project, actually. Um, and well. you're, um, you do a lot of kind of live streaming and, and things yourself, right? You're kind of, yeah, you know, we do. We have yourself. the Mike Ames um, recruitment show, which used to be every Thursday, but we've now changed it to twice a month because we've also launched a much shorter sort of five minute Ask Mike. Uh, YouTube channel. So if you've got specific, very granular questions, you can ask them and I'll I'll nail them for you. At least I'll give you my particular viewpoint on it, which you may or may not agree <laughs> with. So yeah, we do. And, I'll, and occasionally we do webinars, we do workshops, we do all of those things for yeah. free. So I'm yeah. sure if people check me out on LinkedIn, they'll see them all there. Well, as as always, we'll include all your details in the show notes at the end if anybody wants to know kind of a, a bit more. But as you said, what we're going to discuss today and kind of dip into your kind of wealth of knowledge, um, specifically to with regards to kind of recruitment agencies, is sales and marketing, um, and how you get the two to kind of work together. You know, there is the old adage that you know the marketeers think of the the sales guys over there picking up the phones and shouting down the phones, 
and the sales guys think the marketeers are the coloring in department. Um, now, as, as a marketeer myself, uh, I'm more than aware that I know exactly what, what, what we do. And actually, I'm very aware of what the sales guys do. But a lot of businesses that do ha- are in the kind of position to have a, a marketing team or an outsourced marketing team, and they've got their recruiters, getting the two to work together and to really kind of, kind of gel uh, and get them to communicate together, is really, it can be really quite difficult. Um, so let's start there. How do we kind of get the two, let's, how do we get the two teams to talk together, to talk about the same thing and get and talk, talk the same language, which is maybe the kind of first thing to overcome. Okay. That's, that is an interesting subject. Um, and I'm glad we're talking about this because in my first business, which was quite rapid growth, we went to 40 million quid in 10 years, 70 odd million in today's money. Cause this was in the nineties. We didn't spend a single penny on marketing. And I was very proud of that. Um, And the reason that we didn't spend any money on marketing is I didn't know what it was, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. We were a relationship sales business, so we built relationships with people and then we sold to them is what we did. So so in my mind, marketing was, as you say, colouring in. I'm going to use that from now on. It was pretty much mishmash, money that was spent, and I couldn't really see the benefit of it, so I didn't do any. Of course, had I known then what I know now about marketing, it would have been 140 million turnover business, you know, because <clears throat> if it's done properly, recruitment, uh, marketing particularly, can be a massive support to the client facing team that you have if it's set up properly. And I think the first thing then in answer to your question is a proper awareness of what marketing can actually do for salespeople. Um, in some cases, I think it's viewed as a, well, they do that. It doesn't make any difference to us because I'm a salesman, you see, James. Good, good balance today on today's show. Yep, yep, yep. I don't really care what they do because I'm just going to go and win clients, really. So you go ahead and do that, boys, and uh, and we'll just do this. And actually, it shouldn't be like that at all. I think the, the the formation of a growth team, which has marketers and salespeople and perhaps communicators on there as well, I think is really important to bring it all together. But awareness, in answer to the question, I think, James. Yeah, and and is that kind of do we get there by just? And as simple as having the two teams even just sit near each other or kind of work in the same environment or or be able to kind of bring one person from each team in on those team meetings. So someone from the sales team joins the marketing meetings and vice versa. Uh, or is it kind of the marketing team presenting to the sales team and, and, and vice versa? How do we kind of actually kind of get the two kind of uh, communicating? Okay. When most of the recruiters I deal with don't have a marketing function or have a very, very basic one. And I help them build something, which is, you would probably think it's quite rudimentary because you're a professional marketer. I just want something that's going to support the sales function. I just Mm -hmm. want people to see the benefit of it. And I think to answer your question, first of all, I think the marketers have to make very clear what products effectively Uh, or services, if you will, they're offering the sales team and then what they will get from that. So it is a traditional feature benefit model. Look, we can do this for you and you'll get that from it. And then the third part of the triangle is they can prove that they deliver it. Look, when we did this last time, this happened and you got that. So if we do it again and you do this, then we'll get more of it. Um, And I think for for me, marketing for this is going to this is going to show my very simplistic view of marketing. And I'm embarrassed to say this in front of you, James, but there you go. Here we go. As a salesman, marketing for me is what we call the four C's. So I want someone who's going to produce good quality, thin and chunky content. 
I want mm -hmm. both types and I need both types for sure. I want someone who's going to produce some collateral. She's going to have all my key messages in it and I can use when I'm with a prospect or with a client and I want it to, I want it to save me the bother of having to say things because it does it for me. Um, I want someone, I want um, some campaigns to be built so that I can start a conversation with people, ADA campaigns, you know, <clears throat> connection campaigns, so that I can point the campaign at somebody. And when I come in at the end, it's no longer a cold call, it's now a warm call. And lastly, I want a communication strategy, which means all of our content and all of our collateral is being pushed out and put in front of the people that I want it in front of. And I want dashboards all over the place to know what the heck's going on. Because I know as a salesman, if I have that, my job is easy. Because don't forget, in recruitment, you have to build a business which is going to produce exceptional results with average people. Because statistically, you're going to you're going to employ average people. You know, it's a it's a mm -hmm. what do they call it? A bell curve, statistical bell yep. curves. You can't fight that. You know, when you're very small, you could perhaps have some you know, all brilliant people. But as you get bigger, you're going to hire average people. So you have to have those average people delivering great results. And one of the ways that you can do that is take away a lot of the heavy lifting with your marketing team. Let yep. it do the work instead of your salespeople in those areas and leave them to do what they do. And I think if it's presented in that way, we can do these four things for you. This is what you'll get from them. This is how you use those things. And this is how we monitor it. I think you get a completely different view of the, from the sales force of the marketers and what they do. Um, I mean, I think that's, I don't think that's simplistic at all. I think that's exactly what the, the, the marketeers do. Um, you know, <laughs> I think that's what got away with it again. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I agree. I think that's exactly what a good marketeers do. Um, you know, uh, you know what we might kind of add on and on also is that kind of strategic element as well. Like, you know, how does it align with the business? And that's one of the other things that kind of um, I always think is is important that that marketeers need to kind of get involved with is right. What is marketing actually doing for the business? Where does the business wants to be here in five years time? Where does marketing align to that? And, and how does it kind of achieve those as apart from the kind of the day to day running stuff of getting you're getting your message out in front of people and some nice kind of some nice pretty presentations for when you're in those client meetings, you know, we're, how are going to uh, kind of uh, kind of move that forward. Um, and the other thing is, is, is also kind of um, is, is that is, I always think that finding something that the two teams can work on together. Okay, if there's something that they can kind of if there is a a push for something within the business. I think that always helps, right? So we need, you know, we're looking for, we're opening up a new office here, get the sales teams and the kind of marketeers to work together on that. I always think when you can get them aligned like that, then that's always kind of, uh, that always kind of, kind of works, right? I, I think so. I do like the idea of having a growth team though, growth team meeting, growth teams, yeah. which are made up of different aspects of the growth function, yeah. because that kind of project becomes a whole lot easier then because, look, we're going to do this thing, or what do you think? What can you bring? Well, we could do this and we need this. And you kind of have a, a collegiate meeting rather than an us and them type of meeting. Well, it's, oh, it's marketing again, you know, doing those things. Oh, <laughs> bloody salesman. Oh, bloody hell. You know, I, I do think you've got to move away from that. Um, the starting point on that space, so I would say, would be the key messages, definition of the seven key messages that you need in marketing. Because, because when you have them, You've got a very clear definition of the people you're going for, what you want to say to them. Um, you, you have an idea of why you're different, why you stand out, why clients would give you an opportunity. You know, why would they choose you over someone else? 
once those are all defined, which I think you have to do together, I, I don't think you can just leave marketing to that, and you certainly can't leave sales to that, that's for sure. If you can do that together, that's a really great start. I think as well around the communications when you're pushing content out or collateral, either one of those, just as again, it's all about nomenclature, I suppose, but for the purposes of my discussions today, content is just adds value. Either as thin content, which is like blog posts or LinkedIn yeah. posts, or chunky content, which is content almost good enough to pay for, almost good enough that the client would pay for it. And so again, the, the, the salespeople are saying, well, you know, we need this sort of stuff to go out so that people are going to react to it. Or we need this piece of content, chunky content, because we want to offer it to all of these prospects that aren't really talking to us. Because you can change the dialogue away from, hey, give us a job. Or we've got this great candidate to, hey, would you be interested in this? Because it like deals with that problem I know you've all got. It changes the narrative away from that transactional sales to something around a conversation that you can have. And more people are going to start a conversation with someone if they feel that they can actually get some benefit from it. Well, chunky content will do that. And the marketers produce a chunky content. So, But they don't just sit in a room and do it. They work with the salespeople to make sure they get the right content that the target market is specifically interested in. Shazami is the latest and best enterprise-grade recruitment website technology globally and is fully integrated into your ATS. There are no locking contracts as we believe constantly high service levels and cutting-edge, easy-to-use technology should make you never want to leave. Recruitment website success equals Shazami. Visit shazami.com for more information. I completely agree. Um, uh, I think that, that that kind of stuff is, is as obviously I would as a marketer, incredibly powerful. And I think it actually, you know, it, it, it can be the initiator of that conversation and, and build that awareness of the brand and also make that done cleverly can make sure you've got a warm contact when you do kind of, you know, follow yeah. that through and, um, uh, and target those people. Uh, big fan of, of, of that kind of, of way of working. Um, so that's the kind of the, the the content piece and actually it's interesting you talk around kind of like the the kind of growth strategy because we're finding more and more marketeers consider them as, as class themselves as growth marketeers so that's kind of a very much more kind of uh, trendy term now for because that whole kind of growth piece is a kind of is is where we i think the marketeers want to position themselves within the business it's not just marketing it's growth marketing um uh, and i know from our own experience that we define ourselves as a growth marketing kind of agency as well. We what we have done in the past, and that those kind of seven points, those seven key messages. You know, in marketing speak, we you know that's your positioning statement. That's kind of who you are, what you do, why you do it, who you do it for, and why you're better than everyone else at doing it. Um, and uh, I think that again, any business kind of listing in, if you can kind of get to a stage where you're defining that kind of stuff. Uh, which is difficult though as a as, as a recruitment agency because you kind of do some stuff that's very similar to everybody else more than likely um uh, and so defining that i think can be really difficult so oh, it is, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe kind of explore a little bit of that a bit more mike well, that would be kind of interesting. the new term that people are using now is flavor the flavor of recruitment and it's a mix of different things so did you know that ice cream i don't know what your favorite flavor of ice cream is james but mine happens to be rum and raisin the moment uh, don't mm -hmm. know whether you've got a favorite but uh, i don't i'm not a massive ice cream fan if i be honest there, there um, you go but if you did i'm telling but yeah, you but I did, it would be chocolate or something like that right well yeah. that's 98 percent the same as rum and raisin right 
it's the two percent yeah. is a bit of coloring a bit of flavoring and in my case a few raisins tossed it and yet we prefer one over another quite vehemently in i don't like mint i don't like chocolate i like this that the other it's a two percent difference recruitment is the same 98 percent of it is five boxes on a whiteboard you know <clears throat> get client get vacancy um find candidates qualify candidates in place right so it really isn't that difficult to do but it is very hard to differentiate because we're all doing the same thing so what you're looking for is that two percent which is different which then gives you a flavor so that then you can say to the clients look you know if you if your tastes happen to coincide with our flavor and we can prove the flavor tastes the way it does because we've got all these video testimonials right so if it does and you eventually we'll work together it's not a it's not a timing issue whether it's three months three weeks or three years it makes no difference Mm-hmm. this is our flavor and if you like it then come to us if you don't then my advice is with due respect just go down the street and get somebody else's flavor because this is ours and that's alien to most recruiters because they want to embrace everybody and include everybody big mistake push away the people that aren't right for you and the people that are will be attracted to you and this concept of productization which is a brand for ages it's i think it's got out of hand quite frankly now okay. to be fair but an element of that flavor is your product but it's much more than that as well it's your values it's your usps it's your promise of service it is your plans the things that you actually offer with the feature benefit pairs it's your pricing it's the value adds that you give what else do you do as well as as put a bum on a seat for somebody so that's your flavor and you can really round that out and somewhere buried in the middle of it is we put a bum on a seat just like everybody else and i think if you focus on building a flavor when you do get in front of somebody because the marketers have run a campaign and at the end of it, someone has said, yeah, well, okay, what have you got then? You can say, well, okay, let me tell you what we have. And if you like this, we'll do great things together. If you don't, then we'll just go our separate ways. It's a massively compelling sales approach to take. And yeah. it really works. It's very, very powerful. Um, it's an interesting point that um, that you're kind of being very selective over your kind of clientele, um, which... Yeah. It is is difficult, I think, for a lot of rec- recruitment agencies because you know, especially when they're starting out, they're going to take on everything, um, and that that message gets very much diluted very quickly. With all good intentions, they set out going to be as niche as possible. We're always told that recruitment recruiters need to be as niche as possible because, as the as the as our American cousins well, butcher I don't necessarily it, agree the riches with that, the riches know, are in the niches, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, um, but um, but yeah, it's interesting, kind of uh, being selective over your kind of clientele and i guess the marketing can help with a certain amount of that really kind of defining who you want to work with yeah massively so because certainly with your communication strategy with the c that deals with communications and the thin content that you put out for sure as well as your collateral obviously you're putting this stuff out there and it's basically saying look if you want this flavor of recruitment and what you do your market is part of that flavor right so if you want this flavor of recruitment well you guys you know you you know you don't want to come to us if not you need to go to those cats down the street because they're they're the ones that do that and i remember years ago in the 90s we got a piece of work and it turned out it was introduced to us from one of our competitors one of their best clients because the client had asked for something that they couldn't do and they said well it's not us you need to talk to those guys they came they did this one little bit of work for us and then they went back to him and we never saw hide and hair of them ever again I think it's that view that you're comfortable in what you do and you are at the very highest level. But you're right on what you say about the stages that recruiters go through. I, I heard about it as being 
or heard of it in, in terms of the, the three stages of mankind. So that when we started out on the plains of Africa, we, it, the question was, what can I eat? Right. Oh, sorry. How can I eat? So I'm just I just need to whatever I can do today to feed myself. I'll scavenge. I'll kill things. I'll pick things. I'll do whatever I can. Hunter gatherers. And of course, that's a very unpleasant experience. So you need, then go to become a farmer. Then it's what can I eat? So I have a choice now. I plant things, plant things I want, pick and choose what I want. And then the third stage, which we all want to get to, is where can I do lunch? Because we don't really know <laughs> where the money's coming from. We don't care. We've got this business that does all of this sort of stuff and we ponce around at the top of it. And when you start, you are definitely how can I eat? But you don't want to stay there, that's for damn sure. You need to yeah. get out of that phase pretty quickly and get into the what can I eat? And then become known as the go-to guys, go guys or the go-to go girls that do that thing in the middle and whatever that is for you, we do this. I mean, we do all these other things as well, but we're not going to talk about that. We'll only talk about that when you're a client. But right now, as an entry point, we are the go-to people for this. And then they come, and once you're in, well, you can sell them whatever you like, aren't you? But I think in that positioning, which is a tremendous amount of marketing, I think, is, is, is involved in that, so that people look at you and say, I mean, whoever, whoever hired average at anything i'll go out and some i'll hire someone i'll get the most average person no we want the best person we want the person who's the who's the well known and has been able to deliver in that space we don't like an average joe average so i think it's important for us as recruiters to be able to make sure that our image is such that we're the go-to person for whatever it is that we make the most money out of yeah, I mean, I like that kind of three stages of of uh, kind of uh, of recruitment, kind of growing up, and it's interesting because your marketing and how you market and what you market will change, will will develop with that. Um, if you are kind of a startup, then sure there's no will, way, yeah. you, you're not going to be able to afford a, a marketing agency. You're going to have to kind of get get your hands dirty at that point. Um, and kind of have a go at it yourself, and then you kind of get to kind of growing up. And well, you can smart you sort it out. You know, you the many of the things that you need, things like your key messages, you you can you can have a go. You can, they can be good enough to mm. go out with. You know, your, your communication strategy. I'll make a LinkedIn post every week. I mean, it doesn't have to be complex no. to start off with, and I would argue it never has to be complex. But you know, that's just me. But I think that you. The, the simpler it is, the easier it is you'll make a start. And the, and the sooner you'll make a start, the sooner you'll start to get the benefits from it. I completely and absolutely agree. And I tell you what, that is a great place to to, to finish on today, I think, Mike. Um, thank you very much. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, dipping into your brain for the last kind of 20 minutes. Um, I'm sure we'll have you back on at some point in the future. If anybody does want to know more and work with Mike, then we're going to include all of your details in the show notes so anybody can kind of reach out. Uh, but Mike Ames, thank you very much uh, for being guest today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Marketing Rules podcast on Apple, Spotify, and all other major podcasting platforms. I've been your host, James Whitelock, and I hope you can join me and more amazing guests next time. Marketing Rules Podcast is a Thinking Circles production.